0: Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms, unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required.
1: this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit SpeakingofTravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who seek adventure and do something in their life that is unique to others. All right, so here's a question. What do you all think of North Korea? You know, this country is more than Kim Jong-un and nuclear weapons. It's actually home to 25 million people who live there. But, you know, it's not about the government. It's about the people. I'm sure if we had the opportunity to know the North Korean people and hear their stories, we'd be reminded that it's a country filled with potential and hope. And you may be surprised to learn that hockey exists in North Korea. Not only does it exist at all levels, it's been around since the Korean War. Well, when I first learned about the book, If I Ever Make It Back, Coaching Hockey in North Korea, I just was blown away, and I just had to find the guy who wrote it, and he's my guest today, Francois LeMay. He's a professional goalie instructor and a hockey ambassador who had the fortune of going to North Korea, and Francois, it is so great to have you here finally. I love the book, and I learned so much. Thank you so much. So, Francois, we're, we're talking here about North Korea. That's a place that not many people get to go to. In fact, I was doing some research about people who do get to go there, and there aren't very many people who actually get to go there, right? So give me a little backstory of, of how you even got into hockey. You're, you, you're a goalie instructor. You're a hockey ambassador. What, did you start when you were a kid? What was it like for you?
2: I played hockey since as long as I can remember. Uh, I was a little boy playing. In, I started playing in Ottawa, Ontario, and then grew up in Western Canada. And after that, it just kind of snowballed from there. So I'm from a military family, so we used to move a lot. And hockey has been basically my passion since as long as I can remember. And I started – I have family in, in Europe, too. So as a young teenager, I started traveling there in the summer to play hockey. And that's really where I got the travel bug. And Because back then, like nobody my age traveled at all. And then, uh, since then I just, you know, one day I, I just decided to become a goalie coach for a living. And this is my 17th year now. So I've been doing it for 17 years and then I coach hockey in 13 different countries. Um, last three years, obviously couldn't, wasn't able to travel, but, um, I have a pretty long list of places I want to go to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm super busy life. I have, I have kids and, you know, I'm passionate what I am like very passionate about what I do. But uh, even though it's really busy, I think when I travel, like it's so refreshing. It's a very tight schedule. It's exhausting, but just seeing different places, different you know, just hockey-wise, different ranks, being around different people, and and just like being around different cultures, and just it's just like it just it's very refreshing. So it's not a vacation. It's a lot of work, but when you come out, you come back home, and you feel refreshed, and you, you know you get so much more creative. And that's what I love about traveling is just seeing something that's completely different and the culture shock. I love the culture shock, like whether it's food, the language, just communication, like I have to communicate with those kids and I can't. And most times, right? Like I don't speak Chinese. I don't speak Korean. They don't really speak English. So I think, you know, when you, you overcome those challenges, there's really nothing stopping you in life, you know? And I love the culture shock. I just love different places it's hard for me to stay in one place. It's really hard.
1: Well, you are so fortunate to have a lifestyle that that brings you to people from all over the world who are as passionate and having such a great time being out on the ice as you and being able to You know, when most of us travel, even when we have the most experiential trip where we're going into local economies and we're, you know, getting off the main roads, going off on the back roads a little, you are with the people like 100%. You're with their families, you're with just their wholesomeness of their everyday life without putting on any airs. That must feel very, very special for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, North Korea, like usually if you're going to visit Korea, then you'll be in a in a group, right? You know, uh, and you don't get to talk to anybody. But for me, like it was literally like one-on-one experience with those kids. And I was at the rink, I think I was like, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, and I'm with the kids, I'm with the coaches and you get one-on-one talk. And, you know, I mean, people have been trying to get one-on-one conversations with North Koreans forever. And it's, it's, it's impossible. You know, so yeah, we got to talk about family and stuff like that. Like they know about my kids, they know about my situation and I know about their family. And like, it's just like, it's just like, you don't realize it like right away. You realize it sometimes weeks and months after that, this is, this is huge, you know? And, and yeah, like, you know, we always go through China to go there, obviously. And we have Chinese friends and like you invited their house, you go to dinner with them. And it's like that one-on-one experience, I think here. Like in North America, that's kind of going away, you know? Yeah. You know, people get distracted by their phones or whatever. And it's just, you know, but you go there and like the, the one-on-one time, they really value it. And then you go back like a year later and they actually remember, about like you remember every single word from the conversation you had a year ago, you know? So that's, that's the thing that like, I really didn't think much of it until like the second time I went back. And they remembered everything. I just blown away, you know, and conversations here like, yeah, you get distracted by the phone and this and that. You know, it's just like it's not it's not like it used to be, you know. So, yeah.
1: Well, I know that it is very rare for people to be able to get close with the North Korean people that they're uh, I read somewhere that their clubhouse is really there, it's not granted to a lot of a lot of people and and somewhere I read that they know whether your heart is true or not and once they know that you see these humble and shy and down to earth athletes and people and you have that. You have that gift, it seems, right. Francois, to be able to gain the trust and just be another kid, really, you know, like yeah. being able to assimilate right into the culture.
2: Yeah. A lot of people like visit those countries, you know, and I'm talking about, like you know, you kind of countries I'm talking about, like poor countries and stuff. And people like try to gain so much out of it. But, you know, for them, right, uh, I go there. I went there on my own dime. Obviously, there's no money for me to be made there. Like it cost me a lot of money to go there. You know, and, and those people, like, they, they didn't realize. But, like, the first day, it was, like, everything was, like, it was it was just awkward, you know. And then the second day, they started warming up to you a bit more. And the third day, they just, you know, it's like you've been friends forever. And, uh, yeah, that's, like, still hard to explain years later, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, after that, like, it, they realize you're there for the right reasons, and you're there for them, you know. And that was there to develop hockey, right? Because hockey hasn't been developed there in over 50 years, you know, since the Russians were there. And then when they realize that, then they get a lot closer to you and then they get talking to you a lot more and, and sharing stuff. And then, you know, you get invited again. And, you know, and for me, the hard part, you know, is when you go to dinner with them, they toast you all the time. And I'm not a much of a drinker, right? So I get, I get pretty sloppy. But, you know, now you know that, you know, they like you and you know that you've been accepted. You know, I think, what is it to say? First time, first time you're you're a stranger. Second time you're, Oh, there's something they say like third time you're a friend or your family or something like that so yeah for me it was it was huge you know and it's like they're you know, we're friends you know like i literally have north korean friends you know and it's just, it's incredible when but this stuff like you don't you never realize until just much later that's basically what brought me to write the book you know
1: Well, when we come back from the break, I want to hear how you did write that book, Francois. And and what you were saying, I actually had, I was trying to find where, oh, here it is. The North Koreans have a saying, the first time you visit North Korea, you are a stranger. The second time, you are a friend. The third time, you're family. And you are family. So when we come back, let's find out, A, I want to find out more about how the invitation even was sent, how that unfolded, and then how you decided to write the book, If I Ever Make It Back, Coaching Hockey in North Korea. Is that the title? Yes, that's it. All right. Well, I am here today with Francois LeMay and he is a professional goalie instructor, a hockey ambassador, a world traveler and just a good friend. And Francois, I'm looking forward to to hearing more about North Korea when we come back. So stay tuned.
3: It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com.
1: Traveling to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western
4: North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com me to the moon let me play among the stars let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars in other words hold oh
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Francois LeMay. He's a professional goalie instructor, a hockey ambassador, a world traveler. Francois, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're up in uh, Minnesota, is that correct?
2: In World Minnesota today.
1: Yeah, that's way up there, isn't it? Not far from Canada.
2: Minutes away. It's just six miles, I think.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. So, Francois, I want to talk to you more about uh, your book, If I Ever Make It Back, Coaching Hockey in North Korea. So give us a little backstory on how this even unfolded for you to go to North Korea in the first place. I mean, did somebody, like, send you an email and say, Dear Mr. LeMay, how did that happen? I've always been
2: intrigued by the place just because you don't have much information. Right. And I've always kind of said that if I had had the chance to go, I would go, you know, but it's kind of one of those things you just say, it's never going to happen, you know? And one day I was working at a school, like I was working at this uh, hockey school called the Ontario hockey Academy out of Cornwall, Ontario. And we had kids from all over the world come and try out and play for us. And there was this goalie from New Zealand. So she came up with her dad and, you know, so we do hockey practice and, you know, then the kid gets off the ice and the school people take her and for a visit. And I'm just talking with the dad, uh, Paul, his name is. And then, uh, you know, he's telling me that she's got an older brother that plays on the national team, the New Zealand national hockey team, because they have national teams too, right? So I was like, oh, I was like, that's cool. It's like, you know, who do you guys play against? He's like, oh, we play against Australia, North Korea, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you play against North Korea? He's like, yeah. So I, I knew there was hockey there. And I was like, oh, how's that? He's like, oh, it's pretty interesting. And uh, he's like, actually, like, when they come play in New Zealand, uh, I'm kind of their chaperone, right? Like, I take care of the team. So I'm like, really? He's like, oh, man, I would totally go up. And I just kinda mentioned that. I was like, I would totally go there for a hockey opportunity. Like, I, I'd do it. He's like, "Well, you know, I'll send you an email. I have a contact there. So I'm like, all right. So whatever. So he does his trip in Canada, and they go back home. And like a week later, I get an email of, You know, it's a, it's a business card. It's a picture of a business card with an email address on it. So I kind of send the generic email to the address, not knowing that to send an email to North Korea, your email that has to be, has to be approved by the government. And there's a whole string of, you know, so I have no idea. I just send the email. I never hear back. Obviously a couple months later, I'm cleaning up my Gmail account and I just resend the email. Never hear back. And all of a sudden through Facebook one day, he, we're talking like two years later, like this guy sends me an email. More than two years or four years later, maybe, he's like, "I got a group here of of filmmakers from Vancouver. They're looking for a hockey coach to go to Korea with." And he's like, "I gave him your info." I was like, "Really?" And then, like two days later, I get a message from those people, and so we talk on the phone a little bit. He's like, "All right, well, we have a group of people, and let's do like a a group call, right, to see, you know, because you need someone kind of a special character to go there. You can't just take anybody, right?" So, you know, I did the interview from, from the from the bathroom in the rink, obviously. Like, so we do the video and I felt, I'm not sure how I felt about it. You know, I was like, did it go good? You know, so whatever. And then I get a phone call a weeks later and I remember being in my car and uh, the guy's telling me like, you know, we liked you in the interview, blah, blah, blah. And the conversation was not going where I was hoping. Like, I for sure thought there was like, oh, we're going to pass on you because we got someone else. So I'm literally in my car, like, my phone's on my lap, like on my 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 face in my hands, I'm like, uh, oh, it's not gonna work. And then he goes like, Oh, you know, we'd be leaving in six weeks, so you we need this and this and this. So I'm like, Oh, so you're taking me? He's like, Yeah. And then it was a rush, I had five, six weeks to get everything done, get visas and stuff, and then off I went just like that. And it was pretty incredible because for for a moment there I thought I wasn't going and then when I knew that I was going, like I got super excited and and like I told my mom, my mom thought I was just totally joking with her. She's like, you're not going there. And, and then I kind of, she thought I was keeping the charade going for weeks. And then <laughs> you know, eventually she figured out like, Oh, he's really going there. And people around me were just like stunned. And it was, it was so funny. People were just like, are you crazy? And that's why I named the book. If I ever make it back. Cause someone says, what if you never make it back? Like, like you could, you could die out there. I was like, I'm not going to die. You know? you know, you, you gotta know your do's and don'ts, right? You know? So I'm well traveled, I'm polite, you know, I'm you know, so I'm like, I'm not gonna get in trouble. But it stuck to me when someone said, like, what if you never make it back? And then I've never really planned on writing a book. I just write notes a lot, just for my hockey stuff. So I always have notebooks. And after the trip, uh we're back on the train. We have a seven seven hour train ride back to China and there's nothing to do. You don't have Wi Fi, nothing, right? So you just sit there and look outside. So I start writing, writing notes down of the experience there, and and part of me was like, you know, this it was so surreal that like I, it was like a big blur, you know, like all these things happened and I had all these feelings, all those emotions, you know, and not I wasn't much of an emotional guy before that too. It was like I felt like I was going to forget how it was, so I start writing down all those notes, and then uh, I just had notes everywhere, and I went back home, didn't think much of it, and then one day I'm just you know, I met this lady at the rink and she has a hockey book and I'm like, Oh, what's your hockey book? And she told me, and was like, yeah, it's like, he's uh, like, maybe I should write a book about like stuff. and stuff. He's like, you should totally do it. And I kind of just put it out there, you know? And then I kind of started thinking about it. Like I, I barely read, you know, I've never written anything in my life. So then I just decided to start the process of writing it. And it took me two years. And then it was like, honestly, it was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was so hard, you know? And then like, I don't really talk about myself much either i'm a pretty private guy i've always been but like if you're going to write a book about this you have to let people know what kind of person you are and what goes through your mind you know and that's was super hard to do so i it took me two years sometimes i would go like on 14 hour vendors at my house just writing you know because when you get in into groove you have to keep going and sometimes you want to do it because you have time and you just have nothing so it was a really tough experience and i remember the day i handed the thing in like i just regret it right away i was like i didn't feel good about it i didn't want to do it anymore because but it was just too much time and too much money involved but it just exposing myself like that it's like it's still very uncomfortable and yeah i have actually never read the book like once it was done i've never read it because i i read that thing i don't know how many thousands times of times i just when the actual book came out i've never read it i have one on display on my shelf at home and I've never sat down and read the book
1: Francois you're too funny it is kind of crazy. that is crazy because I can tell yeah. you I've read some reviews and people really love your book they say your travelog is so fun to read and Somebody said they admire your ability to make friends and teach hockey. So people are reading your book; they are getting something out of it. It's it's just wonderful that you took that time and energy and money and and put it yeah. into creating those memories. So how can it, how can somebody get the book? Do you have it online or
2: is it on Amazon? Uh, yeah, it's an, it's pretty easy to find on Amazon. And uh, actually, it's funny you talk about the reviews, like. Um, like I wrote the book, like because I, I don't read much. Like I, I wanted to, to write something simple, so it's written really simply, so everybody can actually like understand the book. Because I don't like reading about subjects I'm really interested in, and it's just too complex for me, you know. And it's funny the making friends part, because I really don't have friends. <laughs> you know, I'm not very social, and you know, I'm introverted, and you know, I spend time with my kids and at work, you know. But but yeah, I mean that's what travel does, right? You know, it kind of it pushes your boundaries and it gets
1: you, you know? Well, you are certainly talking my language here, Francois, because now more than ever, I think people need to recognize that, okay, maybe I'm somewhat, you know, focused in on my work or my kids or my family, and I really don't go out much, and I don't travel much, and I don't have a social life. But I can stretch myself, I can get out of my comfort zone. And I think hearing your story and how it all unfolded, I'd love to have you back again, and really get a little bit deeper, not only into your travels in North Korea, but your travels all over the world, meeting people who are so wonderful families, wholesome, you know, kind of the foundation of our global community, you have a front row seat in that arena. And yeah. I just, I am glad you're our friend here on Speaking of Travel.
2: Thank you so much. And I um, think Mong- Mongolia with my two oldest daughters is my next trip. So Mongolia, another place that's kind of unexplored, you know, and you know, and we're actually really looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm excited because my kids really want to do it too. And that's super exciting when your kids kind of like start following your footsteps, like it gets really interesting. So, and if we go to Mongolia, well, I think we have to fly through Istanbul, Turkey. So, you know, why not do a little something there? We're there for there, too.
1: Absolutely. So, and just make sure yeah. you have your notebooks with you at all times. Always have my
2: notebooks. <laughs> Good. Always. because I forget everything.
1: All right, Francois. Well, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. I hope you have safe travels. And I'm looking forward to my friends and family who love hockey to listen to this episode. and feel some inspiration from you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Well, you know, today more than ever, making these memories is really front and center. So as we travel and live our lives, the memories we're making will have an effect that will stay with us forever. Stay tuned.
5: Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. Tucked away on Costa Rica's Caribbean coast lies Pequari Reserve. For more than 20 years, the nonprofit Ecology Project International has spearheaded the preservation of two iconic species there the leatherback sea turtle and the agami heron. Each year, researchers, volunteers, and local students work around the clock to help ensure each and every leatherback and agami egg is protected. Why? The survival of these species depends on it. Growing threats of climate change, microplastics, and erosion pose immense threats to the leatherback sea turtle, and Pacquari Reserve is home to one of the few known nesting colonies of this rare bird, making it an essential site for compiling data that will help us preserve it, protect it, and better understand it. Help support EPI's conservation efforts with a donation to the Every Egg fundraiser or consider joining EPI at Pequire Reserve for a more hands-on experience. Visit ecologyproject.org everyegg for more information.
4: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words,
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Well, there's no doubt there's a social shift going on these days, what with so much going on in the world. But the good news is there are so many rising to the challenge together. You know, ultimately, it's on us to use our collective voices and strength to ensure a better life for everybody. I think we can all agree it takes a village, and together we can accomplish what is really impossible to achieve by ourselves. To be really connected to the larger global community, we really must care for others besides ourselves. It's really not a good idea for anyone to live inside a bubble, My guest today is Chef Luis Martinez, and I'm excited to hear how he combines his love for cooking with his passion for social justice. And it is so nice to have you on Speaking of Travel. Welcome, Chef Luis.
6: Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm super excited to be here.
1: Well, you have so much going on, Chef, and I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory and how you came here to the United States from Mexico and how you ended up here in Asheville, North Carolina. So give us a little bit of a a, a background on you.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I came to the United States in 2005. I I'm a former uh, farm worker. I came as an, a refugee to the U.S. So I worked for a year in this farm. And then little by little, I um, I was able to move uh, to another city, Los Angeles. And I ended up um, cooking in a few really nice restaurants over there. And, you know, little by little, I went up like the stairs and started as a prep guy. And then I finished being like the chef executive chef in a few uh, really nice places in Los Angeles. I work in San Francisco as well. I moved to Oregon and I ended up going to Seattle, Washington. Uh, That's where I met my wife who is from North Carolina. And we decided like 10 years ago to move to Asheville and it's been great. Um, yeah, definitely has been, I uh, have been able to see all the changes that happen in the city. And I call Asheville home now because I, the mountains remind me a lot of Oaxaca. Like um, All the mountains are very similar. So um, it's just a beautiful city.
1: And Oaxaca has a very rich, long history, and that's really the roots of of you, and even the the food and the direction that you're taking. Let's talk a little bit about that.
6: Yes, yes. Uh, Oaxaca is one of I. I mean, I don't want to like say this in a way that people might think like it's exaggerating, but. Oaxaca has like the largest like indigenous population in the whole country, so we have uh sixteen different groups, some people might call it tribes um part of one of those I'm a Zapotec. so most of the people down there we speak different languages. The Spanish has been the one who uh is predominant, and the idea behind you know start to like thinking about traveling is that In the last five years, this has been this exponential kind of, like, uh, opening from our city and our state to, like, the world. Uh, Maybe not many people know. During, like, 20 years, we have a lot of, like, really bad times with political stuff, arresting people, you know, like, mm, very bad things, really bad stuff. So, in the last five years, like, uh, the state has been starting to, like, open more to the to, uh, to the people and that is good but also could create different and kind of like um, new problems because you know there's a lot of people who have has moved over there they have bought a bunch of like areas from the city a bunch of like places and that creating gentrification so a lot of people like locals are moving outside from the city because they cannot afford for rent, food, stuff like that. So part of the idea, you know, with creating this, um, this adventure has been like putting money on locals and putting money in the local community. So what we're trying to do is creating this good, like experience where we will bring people to places that I don't want to say that they have never been before, but places that are not really like um, you need to have somebody inside in order to be there. So places that are unique, but also the way how we're working with this with these uh, people are like paying in fair trade, and we want to destroy well, not destroy, but we want to like move on from the regular like um, thing that a lot of companies they do base it on commission. Like a lot of companies, they bring the largest groups of tourists to workshops and places and they don't pay them anything. So the people who are working over there, if they don't sell any of the products, they won't make money. And that and we don't do that. We have a rate of how much we pay every time we visit. And also, you know, we provide like different other programs.
1: That is really a wonderful way to give back and to, to help repair and support the people that you love, your families. And so, Chef, how can people get connected and be a part of this travel collaboration that you are putting together?
6: Uh, yes. So we have, people can access to all the information on our website, on www. Tecchiofoods.com slash So people can access there and they can sign up for our newsletter and also they can send an email to uh, tecchiofoods at gmail.com and we can start a conversation to like booking and stuff like that. Tecchiofoods, T E Q U I O F O O D S.com.
1: And we can find out how to get involved and how to, to find out more. And then I love the idea, Chef, that you are putting this money back into the people so that it, their quality of life is, is better. And for that, I just want to say thank you. And also give us an idea of where you are here in Asheville so people can taste your food, be a part of what you do here.
6: Yes. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So in town, uh, I have several different like pop ups uh, every month. I'm more like, you know, like more like a social media kind of like like guy. I kind of like put stuff over there. And like, basically, if you want to know what I'm going to be like doing a, a dinner, like I highly recommend that you follow me on my Instagram, which is Luis Martinez Creative. So people can just go over there. And um, yeah, and that's how they can like reach me out.
1: Oh, that sounds great. Well, you are in the best place, Chef. And I know that the work that you're doing and the collaborative efforts that you're putting together, taking people to Oaxaca in Mexico and really getting in that experience is it's a way that we can feel that we are making a change in the world. And I just want to really thank you so much for that.
6: Oh, no, thank you. But also to mention that uh, I'm not only, I'm not the only one making it. Like I have also a partner down in Oaxaca, her name is Lily. And she's also the biggest, uh, the biggest part that this is happening because she is, if not the only one, uh, well, probably she's the only one uh, who, who is like, like an owner of a touristic like company in Mexico and all her staff is female. So, and everybody is indigenous in that. So we're totally like driving by just indigenous people. And we have over a 90% force of uh, uh, women.
1: That is even, makes it even bigger. And being able to bring in the people who are from there, who were born and raised there, this is their place, shows a lot of strength, a lot of hope. It does. Well, thank you, Chef, for being here today on Speaking of Travel. And I look forward to uh, finding you and and coming over to some of your pop-ups and getting to know your food and you as well. Thank you again.
6: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you, Chef. and. I want to remind everybody that there are so many ways to create memories when we travel. Coming up next is Mark Bastin of Yonder Luxury Vacation Rentals. Yonder has helped thousands of travelers from all over the world create long-lasting memories because they love sharing their own travel memories and stories to make your vacation better than you even thought possible. So stay tuned.
7: Hello fellow travel lovers, this is Toby Brown with Outdoor Africa. You may have heard me on speaking of travel in the past as Marilyn and I love to get together and talk about all the exciting things happening with travel in Africa, particularly safari travel if those conversations have piqued your interest, then I have some exciting news. Marilyn and I have put our heads together and come up with a fantastic safari to South Africa. And we want you to join us. This coming March, 2023, we will be traveling to some of the great parks in Northern South Africa to see the stunning wildlife and beautiful landscapes. And then jumping down to Cape Town for wine, penguins, and Table Mountain. So if a small group safari is on your bucket list, then visit speakingoftravel.net to learn more or contact me directly at toby at outdoor-africa.com or by phone at 828-216-1515. That's 828-216-1515. Join us on safari, and we can't wait to safari with
0: you. Summertime is the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, romanticashville.com travel guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit romanticashville.com today.
4: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on jupiter and mars in other words welcome back to speaking of travel
1: i'm your host marilyn ball well over these past few years as we've moved through a pandemic we've been challenged to embrace a new normal wearing masks social distancing working remotely But now as signs of normalcy are returning, we're all feeling some new emotions as we transition into this new normal. You know, I'm continually amazed by what has impacted my audience on Speaking of Travel over these years. What is it about good storytelling that creates a lifelong impact? I think it's hearing someone paint a picture so relevant and meaningful that it creates a new memory for them. And today, more than ever, the importance of a memorable experience is front and center. As we travel and live our lives, the memories we're making will have an effect so intense they remain with us our whole lives. Well, my guest today is Mark Bastin, the CMO of Yonder Luxury Vacation Rentals. Since 2008, Yonder has helped thousands of travelers from all over the world create long lasting memories. And, Mark, that must be quite a thrill for you being there at Yonder to help people make memories.
3: It's an honor, Marilyn, and I first I want to say thanks so much for having me back on your show. I, I love your show and so I uh, always enjoy our our, our discussions. Um, yeah, memories you know I think we're people will say we're in the hospitality business and it's correct, but I like to think that even further we're in the human connection business and for us to be able to impact uh, families and groups on their trips, you know here in the mountains. Which, you know, it's just very meaningful for us. So I I do feel like it's an honor for us to help, uh, you know, folks um, plan their trips and and help them, you know, in in where they're going and, and things to do. From a local perspective because we love where we live.
1: Well, I wanted to mention that 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 being local, you have really, you know, you live here, you work here, you play here in the mountains, and you love to be able to share all of that knowledge with the people who are coming here and just making their vacations that much more Impactful. So, give us an idea of what you've been noticing, Mark, since you were on the show last. We were kind of right in COVID at that time. What's it? What's it like now? What are you seeing as as we're moving into this new normalcy? Yeah, it's a good question.
3: Um, you know, when when we spoke last, obviously vacation rentals were sort of the um, the choice of. W- places to stay. People didn't want to stay in hotels. They didn't want to get on airplanes or trains on cruises, resorts of that nature. And vacation rentals just made a lot of sense because they had their own space. Um, they didn't have to deal with anyone checking in, etc. So what we're seeing is sort of an adjustment back to pre-COVID um, times. So folks are going to hotels again. They are getting on planes. They are getting on cruise ships. And I think what also happened during COVID is that a lot of a lot more vacation rentals um, became available. A lot more people wanted to get into the business. So I think supply has slowly met demand to some degree. Um, I think that the other thing that's happening right now, which has complicated the, the, the travel uh, landscape is the economy has, has taken a bit of a hit. Airlines are in a bit of disarray. We hear stories of, you know, a lot of cancellations, a lot of delays. Uh, Airports are a bit of a mess. So I I think we're very fortunate where we live is because we are relatively close to a lot of the major cities: Atlanta, Columbia, Knoxville, Charlotte, Raleigh, you know, Richmond, et cetera, et cetera. Even Florida, we get a lot of folks traveling up from Florida. So. I still think that we're, we're in a really good place. Um, So I think that from a, from a, you know, a business standpoint, those are the the changes that we've seen. I think from a guest perspective, it's interesting. We've seen a little bit more, I don't know if I want to call it entitlement or kind of meanness. Uh, there's, There's a sense, and I think that everyone's dealing with more stresses, whether it's COVID, whether it's the economy, um, there's just more stresses that are going on. So I think folks are, you know, maybe carrying that with them and they sometimes will, you know, we'll see that, we'll see evidence of that in the booking process when they're here. And so we're, you know, talking to our team a lot. They've been incredibly um, patient and empathetic um and kind you know with uh you know our guests i think um one of the one of the traits that our team has in abundance is this honesty and that if something goes wrong we do the best we can to make it right even if it might not be necessarily fair because we understand that people are traveling with some stresses and uh yeah i mean traveling can be you know tricky if you've got a big family or a big group there's a lot of folks um, you know, that have different needs on, on their travels.
1: So, Mark, what would you say, maybe you could give us a little a little tip here on a resource or a couple of resources that you know that might make someone's travel a little bit easier?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say to, to call us because of our local knowledge. Uh, that's what we're here for is to really help, not just before the trip, but during and even after. Um, you know, booking again, but I, I think that Asheville and, and the surrounding towns have some great resources. The, you know, the CVBs, um, the chambers, especially Asheville. I remember coming here 13, well, actually 17 years ago now um, and going to the the Chamber of Commerce and the, you know, the the folks that are there, they're volunteers and they are incredibly helpful. I think online, um You know, there's uh, Explore Asheville is phenomenal, a great resource. Romantic Asheville is incredible. They've got a deep, deep scope of of resources. Um, I even think someone like the Mountain Express, you know, has a a good, some good sources online for that. So Um, And we can always point, you know, people to the right, whether it's restaurants, whether it's museums, whether it's a place to go hiking or see waterfalls. I think that there's a lot of resources within yonder, but also outside that we can, you know, get someone who might know even more than we do, you know, to the right hand. So.
1: Well that would definitely help acquaint where you are, sense of place. And like I said before, you know the it seems like the company is just so immersed here. It's not like you're a impersonal national company with right. you are right here and you've been here for a long time and how can people get more information? How can we connect with you, maybe connect with you even before we start planning our vacations? so that we can tune in and you can help give us some resources.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, our website is uh, www.yondernc.com, relatively straightforward. That has everything, all our contact information, or you can give us a call directly at 888 699 2987. Really simple. We've got people, you know, in the office from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day of the week, all year long. So a great resource. We've also got, obviously, folks working at night if there's emergencies, which I think is a really, um, you know, I think comforting to a lot of our guests. And then you can always always book online as well.
1: Well, I would love to have you back on, Mark, really even on a regular basis so that you can keep us on Track of what's happening. Continue to give us some resources. Yonder is an important player here in our region, so people can come here, like you were saying, with uh, with a group, a reunion, a honeymoon. It seems like it's it's all out there under your umbrella.
3: Yes, absolutely, and I'd be happy to, Marilyn. I always enjoy being on the show, and uh, I can I can talk forever about this industry because I love it so.
1: Well, I think that's why we're kindred spirits here, Mark. We love this industry. It's going through changes. We're trying to stay on top of it and help people to, to really educate people on how they can keep their, their wits about them as they travel out into the world today.
3: It's very, very important. And as you alluded to earlier, it's the memories. And they last for a long, long time. And they're very impactful.
1: Well, Mark, thank you again for being here. Tell us again how we can get more information. What's the website?
3: www.yondernc.com or 888-699-2987.
1: Sounds great. Well, I'll look forward to talking to you again, keeping up with what's going on and really appreciate all that you and your team are doing to help us have a better and much more memorable vacation.
3: Totally my pleasure, Marilyn. Big hugs to you.
1: Ditto on that. Well, thanks, Mark, and thanks to all my guests for being on Speaking of Travel this week. I think we can all agree when we really want to have time to reflect and think, it's time to turn off our screens and get away from the masses. Sometimes we just have to find someplace else to find ourselves. Well, today we can travel again, but maybe you're not sure the way to move forward, But you do know the path you're on now isn't really working for you. Well, travel opens up a way to be flexible, both mentally and socially. And it gives us a way to become someone we might not see for ourselves, like being creative or trusting and open-minded. Travel can be transformative, but there's no guarantee. You have to push yourself to get out of your own way and not always be in your comfort zone. Just taking a long walk or a hike can open up your mind to looking at things a little deeper. Focus on savoring every day and pausing enough to see the beauty that's around you. Lessons we learn from traveling change us and enhances our lives. Try shaking things up a little bit and do something or go someplace you've never been before. Make more travel memories. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy.